0: Okay.
1: You have supplements? Yeah. <laughs> what? Yeah. Uh oh. Yeah. Are you need
0: supplements to stay healthy if you're trying to, trying to live a are healthy you,
1: lifestyle, lose weight. Are you, would you say you're getting ripped up tonight? R.I.P., whatever that trend is? Okay. I don't know that one. <laughs> okay. It's some TikTok thing. I'm too old for this. I don't know <laughs> what I'm talking about. I'm getting ripped tonight. Uh, I don't know. Okay. Oh, let's oh, move the on. Jack Black thing? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Is that where it's from? Where is that from, though? Is that, I don't is know. It I from just, Jack I've just Black? seen
0: that one video where he's being silly, and then he starts singing uh, "Tenacious
1: Long." Thing. Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: It's that. That's what I'm.
1: I'm I thinking see. of. But I think it comes from something else. But I don't know. Who cares? Whatever. Okay. This is what we're gonna discuss today, right? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, yeah. no. You have supplements. What are you talking? Well, we're talking about Machiavelli today. So yeah, but, yeah. So actually, that, the yeah.
0: I listened to a podcast a while ago. It's Tom Woods' podcast. Who is a Machiavellian, is a, a libertarian voice, but he's uh, he got his Ph.D. in history from Harvard or from Columbia. And so mm. he was talking with another Columbia professor who's an Italian literature professor who got into libertarianism. And then she has an article actually called uh, On Political Power and Personal Liberty in the Prince and the Discourses. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah. Uh, so, yeah. Um it's very, uh, relevant. Wait, so how does this have to do with supplements or you're saying supplemental material? I'm saying that's material. a supplemental
0: article that I have. I that thought,
1: I, that's hilarious. I'm such an idiot. <laughs> okay, good though. Uh, I kind of wish it was like steroids. So I'll be oh honest. yeah, yeah, yeah. I have that too. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, yeah, no, I mean, uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, definitely a lot of people have, have written on this and, uh, it's very interesting. I mean, so I'm curious just Mm -hmm. okay so we'll introduce it so we're talking today and for the next three episodes we're starting uh the machiavellians defenders of freedom by james burnham (laughs) (laughs) that's a very provocative title um and uh and yeah i mean uh what did you think i guess i'm curious um
0: it was a little bit hard to read yes it was pretty dry yes also i think i don't like the writer like, I don't think I would get along with this
1: guy. Didn't I? Did I not call this? <laughs> <laughs> not Machiavelli, by the way. But the No, no, I know, I book. know, I know. Yes, yes. No, I don't think you would either. I mean, again, this is like the guy that uh, was, I think, the mentor to William F. Buckley. Right, so, I mean, right, we're talking about like the godfather of American conservatism right. in some sense. He
0: sat with his legs crossed a lot.
1: Yeah, like I'm doing. Exactly. exactly right now <laughs>
0: you, need a, you need a tweed jacket you need to be talking down to me a little bit more yes yes and and and
1: uh emphasizing the ends of words <laughs> yeah anyway right. um yeah uh yes i kind of thought that but what do you think about the idea that he's proposing though cuz actually i felt like you might actually like the idea he's proposing in well, this Well i discourse. guess
0: i I had a hard time. Yeah, it could have been hard to parse. <laughs> it was because it felt like it kept yeah. contradicting itself. Yes. Like many yes. of the texts we've been reading. Actually.
1: Yes. Yeah, I mean, if we want to start with that, we could start with the f- one of my biggest issues is he like, talks about how Machiavelli doesn't discuss human nature and, and right. stuff, and then he goes on to discuss all the ways that Machiavelli talks about human nature. Right. Although he was being, I think, very specific and saying, he is talking about human nature, but it's really only in the realm of politics. And I think he was trying to confine. Anyway, we're getting ahead of ourselves, but yeah. Um, So, okay. So maybe I should, do you want me, should I just summarize it? And then we can sort of talk about uh, the specifics. So Mm -hmm. uh, it's five sections. And I should say, so the general way that the book works, and I I sort of skimmed the Dante one again, just Mm -hmm. to remind myself, is he's, He's proposing the idea that most people, when they discuss politics, are actually not talking about what they're actually purporting mm-hmm. to do. They're talking about generalities, and then the things that they actually do often actually go in complete opposite of that. Right. And he, he opens the entire book, and I think if you have time, it might be worth – it might be interesting, although I do agree he's very dry. <laughs> um, is uh, he ta- He opens with the 1932 platform of the Democratic Party. And, you know, he talks about all these things that they say, you know, an immediate and drastic reduction of governmental expenditures, mm-hmm. maintenance of the national credit by the federal budget, a sound currency, you know. Uh, yeah, ex- basically limiting government, which right. is the exact opposite that FDR did. Right. right so right, right. he's writing this book in 1940. World War II is raging mm-hmm. and he's basically showing like, uh, look at what they said and then look at what they did. And this is how politics are done. And and so he uses Machiavelli basically. The reason Machiavelli is the overarching theme of the book is because Machiavelli was, by his measure, one of the first big authors to really just say, this is just exact, like basically approach politics as a scientist and say, this is what this is the facts, this is what everybody's doing, let's not mince words here. And, and really, you could say it's a defense of Machiavelli because he's saying, you know, why have, we, uh, why have we basically given him this bad reputation for basically just telling us the way that we are? Right. Um, and I would say, so that's probably a, a big bird's eye summary. Um, and, uh, and yeah, I guess we can get
0: into it. Sure. So I think broadly, he gives Machiavelli too much credit in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also think he is distilling Machiavelli in in a way that's actually lo- losing information, like um, hmm. information loss. Because he makes statements throughout the, the chapters, things like, you can agree or disagree with Machiavelli. You can prove him wrong, but he can't be misunderstood. Mm-hmm. Which is pretty strange to me because my understanding of Machiavelli is he is one of the most disputed figures about what he's even talking about <laughs> and yeah. when i read machiavelli like this the the passages there's tons of like long quotes and passages from machiavelli's writing in here they are not eminently clear what they mean to me i several of them i have to read four or five times just to get an idea mhm Part of it is in translation, it's older language. But every time I've read Machiavelli, like I've I've started reading The Prince multiple times and it's not abundantly clear what Machiavelli's position is to me.
1: Right. Uh, And that's where I think it is that he's being very specific in that he's just talking about that Machiavelli is, he's being clear and that he's not talking about any principles or any like, overt generalities about the way, like, ideal, ideal He's not being an idealist. He's not being right. a utopian is he's, right, he's not being so utopian.
0: He, I think I, I agree with you. It, he's saying he's not being an idealist. And I do appreciate that the author does kind of jab at that statement a little bit. Mm-hmm. Because, of course, operating on a purely scientific basis is, a, is an ideal. hmm And so that is its own principle that you could be trying to uphold. And the author does make note of that.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, no, and I think that's a good point. But uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's interesting because I actually got the feeling that (laughs) by by the end of it, I'm curious if you got this feeling, that Machiavelli, to your point about maybe not actually being clear about what he wanted, Mm The author James Burnham says right. that Machiavelli's ideal government was a republic, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's also interesting because that's essentially what the U.S. you know made and and, right. and a mixed government being the best is what he was saying, you know, right. uh, which is what the U.S. definitely does, um, or at least aspired to. <laughs> we can right. debate that another day. <laughs> I, mean, I think it is a mixed government for sure. So, so the interesting thing though is. Um, I actually feel like Machiavelli secretly might be an anarchist.
0: Yes. Well,
1: yeah. this is what Did the you libertarians
0: feel- have to say about him.
1: Oh, so yeah. they think that too. Okay, great.
0: Yeah, uh, Rothbard writes about him. <laughs> okay, so me and Rothbard agree. <laughs> and, and actually, the, 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 the Italian studies professor that I was t- talking about, she teaches mm-hmm. a course on Machiavelli, and she mm-hmm. begins the course by having her students read *Anatomy of the State.
1: Yeah, yeah. Because, uh, yeah, I mean... Yeah, because, I mean, at the end, right, he starts talking about what is Machiavelli's real sort of – I said he doesn't have any ideals, but he sort of has one, I guess you could say, if there is one, and it's the ideal of liberty. Right. Uh, and I thought you would like this quote. Uh, wait if I could find it quickly. Uh, uh, <laughs> um, that – oh, yes. If you think otherwise – uh Wait. Oh, yeah, okay, so this is at the end of chapter four, mm-hmm. uh, You know, it's basically talking about the Duke of Athens, Machiavelli's talking about on, from the history of Florence, comes in and takes over Florence, and this is supposed to show that even if you use uh, all of the force that you can, if you don't have the will of the people, you'll never basically be right. able to take, uh, you'll never be able to take the will of the people that are a, a people that idealize liberty because it will right. always fight you. Mm-hmm. And so, so it ends with, if you think otherwise, you deceive yourself, for to people that have lived free, every link is a load and every bond is a burden. What do you think of that? Right. <laughs> yeah. Is that- I wish there were more people like that. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, this is, I think, one of the reasons why I wanted to sort of talk about this after the anarchy ep- mm-hmm. episode, because it was just making me think, like, there's actually a lot of interesting anarchistic principles in Machiavellianism, uh, you could say, or in Machiavelli's sort of writings, I guess. And then, but then also this book, as we'll get to, goes into some interesting things that like I was getting at where like, what are some natural tendencies it feels like that we go, right, right. That we go towards? And so
0: he gets at that later, mm-hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah, so I, yeah. Uh, an interesting, since, since we're on the mixed government system, mm-hmm. Uh, An interesting sort of one of the contradictions that I found when I was reading it is it talks at the beginning about how Machiavelli was completely against middle way ideas. So Mm -hmm. compromises make things worse for everybody. And uh, extremism is a much better policy Mm -hmm. going going completely extreme into whatever it is that you are trying to achieve. And then what's interesting is the idea of a mixed government to me is like the most middle way thing yeah, of all time. Yes, but that
1: was, this is where I think it's getting a little bit different. Because in in that right. sense, they were talking about, well, I do see, I actually had that same thought. So I won't say mm-hmm. I disagree, but let me try to parse it out. Because right. I do feel like they are talking about, they're, they're too, because in the case of the extreme example, he was talking about how, he believes there's really only two ways to get a population under your control. It's basically you either completely uh, the carrot of the stick, basically. You, right. you
0: give them things to make them love you. I think that you. was in the middle, though, right? It's like right up top he's talking about the middle. He actually uses the term the middle way. Well, yeah, he says the middle way is
1: the way that you end up taking and it will get you in trouble. And it's the, and the way like the Romans did it is they either went in and they completely like got rid of the people that would be an issue and they just like killed them or, Mm -hmm. or dispersed their families and like destroyed their homes and just sent them adrift. Or they would uh, take in the people that seemed like they were going to be obedient and like, you know, really just get them like citizenship and and stuff like that. Um, but if you try it like a, a middle ground approach, you'll end up with some people that, you know, are just upset still and, mm-hmm. uh, and then other people, you know, so – but I agree. I mean, it's, it's – you know, and, and, you know, getting to that big contradiction of, um, that I felt like he was making when he was talking later in I think four about uh, – chapter four, but I don't recall exactly um, – about like how psychology uh, you know he was basically talking about psychology and mm-hmm. how psychology and politics can't be they're they're connected but they're not as directly connected as he thinks people think right. are and mm-hmm. and also he even like came out and said that they're not i would say before that and then he kind of hedged his his statement and said actually okay there's some psychology that's that is going to play a role in politics, but we just don't have a good theory, a complete enough psychological theory. So that's, I think, where he sort of hedges. And that's where I I think where he might hedge in other ways too, is that he does, I agree, it's a bad style of writing. He comes out and he basically says like a statement (laughs) and then he basically contradicts it, but he sort of works it into a little bit more of a refined thing. He's saying like, for our purposes, we don't know enough about psychology to understand how it's playing a role in politics, thus I'm not going to try to look into the minds of men and 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 I, but again, right. I think he is though, which is why I think I disagree i I even wrote the first time I read this book in that section, like I think this is a weak argument, so mm-hmm. um yeah i I agree that he's not
0: cogent on everything um I mean and, I think actually, where I have the biggest problem is when he makes much stronger statements, things like uh, uh, his statement that, uh, you know, it's, it's eminently clear that men don't have the desire to be peaceful as their, their primary goal or something like that, or that all men don't desire to be peaceful. And yes. Yes. To me, the, the way he's making the statement is sort of a statement of nature. Mm-hmm. And I think, I yes. think the problem is I, I agree at, at at its face that not everybody is pursuing peace, probably, but I think that there's the this other thing about how almost everybody is pursuing what they believe to be good in some way or at right. least good for them. Right. And most people don't believe that they're a bad guy. And so I think that there are other things that people might be pursuing what they see as peace in all sorts of complex ways that on their face might not feel that way.
1: Yeah, I think that's a great point. I'm glad you brought that up, because that really is... And, but that was him saying that. I, right. I yes, initially, this, yeah, yeah, this yes. wasn't Machiavelli. Yes, because I initially went back to that thinking it was a contradiction when he was saying how Machiavelli doesn't talk about human nature. I was like, you just talked about that. But no, right. he basically opens up with saying what he thinks... Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and yeah, I mean, uh, and, and I actually wrote in that, like in the margins, like, I guess it kind of makes sense that he would have this opinion, this, I guess you could say nihilistic opinion about human nature, because it is World War Two that he's living during. Sure. You know what I mean? I, I like it, it does, he's living during <laughs> like one of the worst times in history right. and one of the most brutal and one of the, where it's, there's examples all over of people just acting in ways that just seem completely counter to, right. uh.
0: Uh, uh, yeah, a principle. But but even if you take even if you take like a FDR's perspective or something, mm-hmm. I don't know if this is actually what he was thinking. But I would say that most Americans who've taken sort of general U.S. history believe that the U.S.'s involvement in World War II was about achieving peace. So like, <laughs> as, you know. Yeah, but I'm talking about Hitler Hiroshima, and Nagasaki, firebombing yeah. of Dresden, invasion yeah. of France, all that stuff. Right. Like on their face the least peaceful things you could possibly be doing. Yes. Yes. But I mean in in a lot of people's minds that was what made peace. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Um Well, actually, ultimately, I agree. I agree at the base with the statement. I don't think that most people's primary goal is peace around the world. I just think that people's goals are a much more complex landscape. And making an offhand comment like it's obviously not, to me, there's nothing obvious about it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Um, Yeah, it's interesting because it's like I think that on the local level, we probably mm-hmm. nobody probably thinks that they're a villain but it's very easy for us to lose self-awareness and become villains mm-hmm. yes and, well, and 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 okay. even think that we're doing right within the context of it it's like you know what i mean it's like have you ever just seen like people get pulled over that after like they've been obviously just like hit a bunch of cars, and they're in complete, like, I mean, obviously, this is a very acute example, but there's chronic examples of delusion of this sort, I guess, is Mm -hmm. what I'm getting at, and I think we can create scenarios, and so that's why on the local level, what I'm getting at is that you can think that you're a hero, but on a global level, it's obvious that Hitler was not a hero. God, I gotta
0: gotta bleep that. But I think Hitler (laughs) thinks he's a hero. That's what I'm saying, Yes. From on I his think, local level, that people get pulled over for drunk driving and stuff. Those, a lot of those people, no, no, but do you get what I'm saying here?
1: It's on the local level, you can think you're a hero, but if you just step one like level outside of that, outside of the individual into the observer, it's mm-hmm. clear how you know, maybe actually the prerogative that is right running most people in the setting of power because this is where he also discusses two types of people the rulers and the ruled and the mm-hmm. rulers are specifically defined by a propensity for power so that's the thing yes. you've already kind of selected for this group right. of people that want it and so maybe they do have this extra difference i guess i don't know
0: right but if you zoom out and george bush invades afghanistan is that for peace maybe it's for I'm power. Not saying i believe that i'm saying that That could be the perspective you see. No, 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 but his So you could could zoom out from Hitler and you could be some supporter of his in Germany and be like, everything he's doing is for peace. Yes, yes, yes.
1: But this is where I think it's more explicitly the fundamental definition that I think he Mm -hmm. and Machiavelli share is that politics is the study of power among individuals.
0: Politics is the study of power.
1: yes. And, and so, I mean, this is what he says, at least. Um, right, I, right, right. On page 37, I can't Right, find...
0: when he does his definitions. Uh-huh. Yeah. yeah.
1: Actually, honestly, it might be worth going through, like just reading yeah, the yeah. first sentence That's of these. That's a good these.
0: idea. Um,
1: uh, so, so Machiavelli, uh, so this is chapter two, Machiavelli's method. So he's talking about what's the method that Machiavelli's using to study history right. and, and politics. Um and so <clears throat> and this is the scientific method essentially. So, yeah, such mm. qualifications as these to Machiavelli's use of the scientific method may however be taken for granted by those who do not expect the 16th century to be a, oh, why did I read that? Sorry. Okay. So the first part, <laughs> I'm going to cut that out.
0: Yeah, don't read that part. Positively. Don't let anyone know.
1: Then in the first place we find that Machiavelli uses language in a cognitive scientific manner. Second, Machiavelli delineates with sufficient clarity the field of politics. Um third, Machiavelli assembles with some measure of system a large number of facts uh, for Machiavelli is always attempting to correlate sets of facts into generalizations or laws. And uh, and that's really it. And so, again, this is held in large part to his contemporaries of the day and, and really in more direct comparison to the Dante because that's who right, Burnham right. opens with, who Dante basically was writing a... Uh, a request to the Holy Roman emperor of the time to come in and, and, and help them uh, basically defend themselves against the Pope. Uh, right. And, and so, but he wasn't, he wasn't saying that directly. And so that was sort of Burnham's whole point is that really this is what Dante wanted, but he was sort of putting it into this whole, like, fanciful like hey look emperor you are the rightful heir of rome you're the holy roman emperor the monarchy is the supreme like mm-hmm. deity he was he was doing all of this stuff to try to like build a case but really all he wanted was defense from rome right, right, and, right. and and for florence um because they were you know so so that's his so that's um i guess when we talk about uh Sort of talking about things as they are versus as they aren't. This is w- one of the ways Machiavelli is distinguished right away, right. and and these four points that we just outlined are the ways that Burnham at least thinks that he does it. Right. It's um, really just facts. I mean, that's how we could summarize it.
0: So one, th- <laughs> one a thought that I had when I was reading this this section and the entire the entire kind of conversation about Machiavelli being scientific and using mm-hmm. a scientific method, um, is I feel like there's a. There is a difference between being sort of plain spoken and saying exi- saying what you mean directly. Because that was a big thing that Burnham kept pointing out. It was also testable that. things. That was a big thing that he right, says. Right,
1: right. He had testable things, whereas right, right, it's right. like Dante didn't really have testable things. And there's no transcendental
0: stuff in his writings. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Um, yeah, I mean, it's like the big it's like the, the principle of falsifiability. Mm-hmm. It's not fair if you make claims that can't aren't be false. falsifiable. Yes, yeah. right. Uh, I completely get that. I think that there's another aspect of it that um, that there's a lot of credit given to Don, uh, for, to Machiavelli for sort of using quote the facts and things like that. And I think when you're discussing things like history and human nature and human action, the idea of facts is very fuzzy. Mm-hmm. And the idea, it, the, the, the idea of data and what to do with that data is very tricky. I mean, yeah. we see it today, because you, know, you can look at an unemployment number and what do you do with that number? What is yeah. that number? Like, what is that number telling the you? The
1: postmodernist in you is coming out. <laughs> <laughs> no, but I agree. I mean, we just, we had tons of episodes about right, this. Right, right. And yeah.
0: so, so this is like um, a lot of the the Austrian uh, economists write about the Keynesians and how mistaken they are because they use these complex equations and algorithms that are just sheer numbers, right? There's no, there's no sort of human input, in quotes. There's no grounding. But they don't know how the algorithms work. Mm-hmm. And so they spit something out and... What the, the Austrians say is that isn't actually how human action works and that's not how valuation works. There's no such thing as objective value and so it's not a calculable thing. And I think back to our music history course and the statement like there's no such thing as a historical fact. Mm-hmm. And so with, with that in mind, the idea of data points gets very difficult and the idea of being scientific is difficult right off the bat. Because you're already dealing with an interpretation of history.
1: Yeah. No, I mean,
0: I, I agree. Um, yeah. Not, uh, not that Machiavelli's not doing a great job and not doing his best. <laughs> I just think that science, I, I don't know, it's the designation of science. Because to me, I'm on board. I get it. I'm like, yeah, plain spoken, testable statements, truth claims. I mean, a truth claim is great because it's either wrong or right. That's awesome. That's like way easier to deal with.
1: Yeah, no, I mean, I agree. Um, I think that the idea is that it's a strive, it's a step towards trying right. to establish some sort of objectivity. Versus, in the past, there wasn't as much of that, right? Mm-hmm. And and but yeah, it's true. I mean, he talks about how even at Machiavelli's time, this was a very new thing, and most of the quote scientific uh, analysis of text was to solve issues in like. Debates in Catholicism, right? Uh, right. But, you know, and so a lot of it was just scrutinizing religious texts, which of course has a load of subjectivity in itself. Mm-hmm. And and you know, and you see this in ancient Greek writings too. Aristotle's constantly using like just uh, right. events from history that may or may not have happened to uh, corroborate claims that he makes you know Mm. so yeah it's true but it's this idea that it's a maturation process that's occurring Mm, that's mm -hmm. that's it's becoming a little bit more scientific and and trying to establish like get rid of some of uh, some of the ritual again like kind of getting back at that one thing that from that chemical book about like there as we and and I think it's ultimately due to the fact that, again, we're becoming more conscious. Civilizations mm-hmm. basically trying to make humans more conscious. And as we become more conscious, we we sort of um, inevitably are going to, uh, well, reflect upon things and try to study history because, again, this is like consciousness requires memory or memory is necessary for consciousness. And anyway, I'm getting into a whole thing, I'm sorry, but I'm bringing up consciousness again because uh, I wanted to talk about it with respect to the lions and the foxes, Mm -hmm. which is another sort of thing that I think we should discuss now because it's going to come back over and over again in the later chapters. And so this is an example that basically in the of the rulers, Mm -hmm. you have sort of two types uh, right. l- lions and foxes and you can think the lions are like the bar like the, the warriors why are there
0: always two types we I love two. we man. do we
1: do we do. Well, gotta break it <laughs> a- yeah yeah. Antecedent consequent phrase man <laughs> um, yeah. so yeah I guess non-binary wasn't a thing <laughs> um, so the lions are like the warriors and the foxes are sort of the cunning um,
0: right. people and- It's once again we're, we're Ayn Rand it's the same thing Right, and, Machiavelli must have been copying I <laughs> yeah, I think so. Well, and and
1: I look at this as as you've got the sort of barbaric non-conscious this is and he's basically saying though that uh you have to if you're going to be an effective ruler you need to basically be both. You can't be one uh-huh. or the other. And 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 the idea is you have to sometimes be a sleeping machine where you just are a forceful animal and you just are, you know mm-hmm. you you basically use barbaric ways to get people um, under right. your thumb or you are, use cunning and mischievous ways to do it and, and trick them and so they, you know they use various examples uh, but Machiavelli has one example of like the mischievous way in his prince uh, I can't remember from 13th century Florence and then um, and then you could probably say the Romans are the best example right. of I don't know mm-hmm. um, but uh, but yeah that's going to come back and get refined with the I guess you could say the Machiavellians in the future, to uh, in an interesting way. We'll we'll get to it. That's right. actually my favorite chapter, which we'll read.
0: Um, so w- one one thing that uh, actually, so bringing in the Joanne Cavallo, the uh, mm-hmm. that that professor from right. Columbia, she talks about the the lion and the fox narrative, and that uh, or it's not a really narrative, it's a a construction or something like that mm-hmm. uh, metaphor, but what she's saying is that from Machiavelli's perspective these are both essentially tyrants Mm -hmm. both lions and foxes are predators and all political leaders are predators uh sure yeah I guess that is what he's saying um but what's interesting about the way that Machiavelli frames it is it kind of reminds me of the way that economists talk about things is you know back to the sort of kind of scientific way of approaching it. It seems less about this is the way life should be, but more about if you want this kind of society, you're going to have to be able to do this, this, and this. You're saying that if he's saying so like that If that you more- want to be a ruler that's going to mm-hmm. be able to deal with this array of problems, you're going to have to be able to take on a lion role... Or a fox roll or something like that.
1: Yes, Machiavelli's saying that.
0: Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm yeah. Say, right. So I, I'm saying that it reminds me of the way that economists like to talk about things. Mm. Not that there's necessarily a right or wrong way to do anything, but if you want this outcome, you're going to have to do this. Isn't that how everybody talks about things, though? I mean, um, has- I mean, so there's a way to say that this is the right way to do things and you should do this.
1: Yeah, everybody talks about it like that. Everybody no, no, no. I'm
0: saying that. that economists don't do that. They don't oh. say what you should or shouldn't do. Oh. They say, if you want this outcome, do this. Oh, if you want I this see what you're saying. Sorry, like, sorry. If, if you want to live in a dictatorship, do it right. this way. If you want right. to live in a right. commune, right. do it that way. Right, right. I see. Um,
1: yeah, I mean, yes, he's basically saying, if you want to be an effective leader, you need to do this. Yeah, right um and, and but that's a little different because he's not saying that there's multiple ways to be an effective leader. I think he is kind of saying mm. that's the only way. Sure. Maybe. Or the only way to be yeah, the, maybe. the best like the most long-lasting. You know, it's like yeah. all the other ones like he said the lion's going to get caught in the traps and the uh and the foxes are gonna, going to get eaten by the wolves. So Right. um to be an effective leader you take on both. And then you mm-hmm. also <laughs> you also Yeah, because it's like you have to be strong, be able to commit fraud. And what was the last thing? (laughs) These are like the three things that you have to do if you're a leader. Uh, And the last thing was, oh, change with the times. Basically, Mm -hmm.
0: Right. So, yeah. The the not (laughs) be hated thing was an interesting distinction too. Yes.
1: Yeah, and, and Machiavelli talks about that a lot in The Prince um not that I've read it is that is that a book you're not supposed to have read (laughs) well it's just all the despots read it I mean that was the whole I mean that's the that's the whole thing that oh yeah
0: I mean that's the funny thing Mussolini wrote the exactly
1: (laughs) exactly yeah I mean that's the point he's making The when
0: I first started reading the chapter and it's talking about his like unified Italian state Mm -hmm. I was like oh I get it yes exactly here yeah, we yeah, go. yeah. Well, and you know what, though? Getting
1: back to that point, though, that is sort of, again, one of the reasons I feel like an anarcho-capitalist state would be hard to maintain uh-huh. indefinitely. Well, I mean, yeah.
0: Calling it an anarcho-capitalist state, you're already— <laughs> <laughs> whatever region where it yeah, exists, <laughs> smatterings of locations. It just makes me think of that the the scene from the Holy Grail. Yeah, I know. <laughs> We're in an anarcho syndicalist
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Uh yeah that's a great. Oh yeah with the peasants. And, yeah. <laughs> what is he yelling at the end? Come look at he's me. He's like I this. didn't vote for you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't vote for kings. Um, yeah. 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 Uh, but I mean this is he's in the in the last chapter though. I mean, yeah. I do feel like he's sort of um trying to get uh at that point though about his reputation. And that,
0: um, yeah, yeah, sorry. I'm, well, it seems like everybody takes Machiavelli for themselves in a way. Well, again, I would say everybody does that with everybody. Well, also. not everybody, but, but at least the libertarians and then the... Oh, despots.
1: I see what you mean. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> like the they despots.
0: read into it what they want, which is part of where I was starting by saying, I don't think that Machiavelli is so clear.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah no I I
1: well so again relatively clear that's right. the big thing right that's the big thing he's relatively clear compared to
0: a lot of people of his time sure and I mean so like yeah yeah maybe compared to people of his time I think I think that's that's a good and yeah that's a good and, and, and he
1: actually Burnham starts off talking about that being like right. guys keep your expectations tempered a little bit. I mean, we're talking about somebody who's writing 500 years ago, didn't <laughs> have nearly as much information. Gosh. No, I mean, he does say that. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
0: well, because, uh, like, your, the description you put of the last podcast yeah. about the anatomy of the state, I think you summed it up perfectly. I think... <laughs> could, could Rothbard have been any clearer? What did you say? State equals bad. <laughs> oh, yeah! <laughs>
1: <laughs> Thank you. Oh, yeah. Did I do a good summary? <laughs> that was good. Okay, cool. <laughs> That's good.
0: Yeah. Oh, dude, I love... I like that you did the two equals, too. It was nice. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Well, it's very mathematical.
0: Right, um, exactly. Uh, yeah. But yeah, Python will know what you mean. Exactly.
1: Um, <laughs> did uh, did, I, did you see that comment? No, oh, you did because you responded to it. Yeah, I've been stalking your post on Reddit because I'm just... what? Yeah, somebody commented on the Rothbard one. It was like, are you going to talk about like the, what was it, like the Rothbard sex something or other? And then you're like, haha, uh, no, not on this one. <laughs> like, <laughs> anyway, it was funny, though. It does seem I, like. I,
0: I said that, and then I thought I've been like, oh, we did. You just have to listen to the episode. <laughs> well, I don't even know, like, what are they talking about? Was that? I have f- no clue. Yeah. I have no idea. Um, uh, that person commented on something else, too, kind of weird. So. Oh, yeah. I didn't okay. take it that seriously. Yeah, that's funny.
1: Well, that's good. We've have our first troll. That means we've made. We're starting to make it. As soon as you start <laughs> to get trolled,
0: to
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's true, you know. Because if you're just uh, living in obscurity, that means you're just you're not reaching anybody. Right. Right. Um. Well, yeah. I sorry. I still have. Yeah. We. Oh yeah. We. We're good on time. I was like. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah, because there were the okay. So there's, <laughs> there. This is sort of, just things that I found funny, not necessarily. Mm-hmm. Um, overarching themes uh, this on page 69 is talking this is no doubt natural oh, he's talking about the hypocrisy basically right. in, in uh, Anglo-Saxon <laughs> politics which I think is hilarious Um Uh, This is no doubt natural because the distinguishing quality of Anglo-Saxon politics has always been hypocrisy and hypocrisy must always be at pains to shy away from the truth. So I just thought that was funny. Um, And and he's also just musing about like, we are, I think, and not only from the fate of uh, Machiavelli's reputation, forced to conclude that men do not really want to know about themselves. Right. And I think that maybe this actually isn't, this is actually kind of a overarching point for me at least i think that is the reason that we shy away from sort of ever looking too deep into these qualities Uh and probably for a long time was why we didn't because it's just you know perhaps the full disclosure of what we really are and how we act is too violent a medicine you know and i think about this with myself as i sort of reflect on death and stuff it's just Mm -hmm. like you know it's just this is the this is and you know they even talk about the knowledge of of in the garden of Eden as knowledge is evil and all this stuff. There is a part of me that wonders sometimes if like we, we did just like go wrong in our nomadic ways in selecting for this hyper aware individual that I think we have. Cause I think Mm -hmm. you and I, I do think if you were to compare us Mm -hmm. to like our ancestors 9,000 years ago, I think we are more self-aware and like mm. conscious. I think that they were more animalistic back in the day. Maybe. I know this is a, I feel like it's becoming a controversial opinion. Yeah. But, but I do think that there's, a, there's an increase in civility and consciousness over the, over the past millennia. Civility, yeah. Yes, yeah. I, well, hmm,
0: yes. Civility. <laughs> yeah, mm, yes, indeed. Well, certainly an increase. Well, what is civility? Is
1: civility is consciousness trying to
0: enact order. On, on, <laughs> yeah. Consciousness trying to enact order on what? On the world. So, like a garden is very civil.
1: Yeah, it's, a, it's an organized. Because
0: we've taken it's not a forest. We've we've right. we've imposed order on mm-hmm. this little plot of land. Yeah. So somebody somebody's gardening, and you go, "How civil of you?" Mm-hmm. Right.
1: Yes, I mean, yeah, I mean, like we talked about this. You could say agriculture is the first croppings of civilization. Uh-huh. It's like nice. you, you can't yeah, yeah. have a civilization until you sort of, I think, stop and and somewhere and sort of stay. Like, I honestly right. think stopping movement was the first the, the precip... Uh, uh, the antecedent to civilization. We nice. had to stop moving.
0: Okay. I don't
1: know why that matters, but
0: <laughs> who cares? No, that's funny. I just had a thought, but I... I'll skip it. Oh. Well, I don't know. We got time. I
1: feel like we're just rambling now.
0: <laughs> no, 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 no. It's, oh, it's, it's
1: bad? Okay. <laughs> okay, sounds good. <laughs>
0: You're going to get us canceled? <laughs> no, uh, it'll be all right. Okay. But it, it doesn't matter. Okay, so so, so civilization, consciousness, back to that. All right, yeah. Uh, so I'm interested in, in in trying to to work <laughs> out some of the definitions because there was a section, I don't remember if it was in the third or the... The fourth chapter that actually just went through definitions. Yes. Mm-hmm. Cause I wonder if he defines politics. Cause that's a word it's used all over the place. And I would I guess I maybe I missed it. I would love if there was actually just a a concise definition of what is meant by that.
1: Yeah, I think he probably does that in the first chapter.
0: In the first? Well, cause there's a definition section.
1: No, 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 they, no. I'm talking about this is the second... Sec, first section, I meant to say, sorry. Oh, okay. Of, like, about Dante. Um, but I think it has to do with the idea of...
0: Uh, of power
1: between mm-hmm. individuals.
0: Here we go. A note... Uh, this is the third chapter. A note on Machiavelli's terminology. Uh, does he say politics in here,
1: though? I don't remember him saying politics. He, they talk right, about commonwealth and... Um, yeah. Maybe yeah. it is. Anyway, isn't. So, well, it, well, it but might you be gave an
0: interesting definition of it. Well, I said the study of
1: it, yes. Um, the study of the struggle
0: for power among men. Right. And he so, does this on 37. So do you see politics, or do you think that they're saying that politics is a study rather than an, activity, an action in and of itself?
1: That's where I'm trying to find the, the exact quote because I wrote that at the top. At, mm-hmm. But I think I summarized it, so I need to find exactly where he says it. Um, yeah. A definition is arbitrary, true enough. This is at the end of, uh, bottom of page 37, last uh, sentence of the paragraph. Mm-hmm. A definition is arbitrary, true enough, but Machiavelli's implied definition of the field of politics as the struggle for power is at least mm-hmm. insurance against nonsense. So it's an implied definition of the field of politics as the struggle for power.
0: So the struggle for power. Politics is the struggle for power. Yes. Okay. Does that, does that check out to you? Does that, does that work? Does that apply then to the uses of it? Well, it's interesting because Nietzsche basically thinks life
1: is about this, about the struggle of power. Or the will to power, power, rather. Yeah. Right. I mean, that's basically Nietzsche thinks everything's about just trying to... Right. Uh, yeah. Enforce power over things. Um, at least I don't know. I I, I should be careful because I'm not a Nietzsche expert.
0: But uh, that I mean, he has a book called "The Will right. to Power" or "Will well, for to Power." Well, there's that same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Huh. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. Well, because that's like Foucault. A general uh, condensing of Foucault is that all interactions are a series of power struggles.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's, you know, it's interesting because I think about this uh, from the concept uh, of of dopamine. You know, it's like everything is just a – we're just trying to go towards wherever the dopamine is telling us to go. That's basically what drives our interactions. Um, And – I don't know. See, like, I just don't think power really comes into a play there other than maybe energy. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, then right. would you, because, I mean, in the physical sense, power is energy, right? So we could get very... Uh, <laughs> the,
0: the reason I'm probing it is... Yes. I, I think that the way you just said it is actually doing it further, it's saying, like, seeking dopamine hits or something like mm-hmm. that. Um, or you know, we follow wherever the dopamine is telling us. That's a. Uh, it's kind of a deterministic way of putting it. It's really stripping the consciousness from it. And I think talking unless about unless consciousness being is able to to power yes. struggles feels like it's pushing in the direction of removing consciousness because it 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 seems like things aren't choices.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, he talks yes.
1: So he yeah. talks a little bit about that Machiavelli, um, right. About how, th- oh yes, it, um, about how chance is basically the other big factor that every prince has to contend with because right. there is an aspect to, I don't know if you could call it deterministic, but more of just like, there's an aspect out of our control. Yes. And it could be random, you know, it, it you know, they don't. I mean he I think he does think it's de- I, I actually do get the impression that Machiavelli is determinist um a little really? bit really a little bit in a in little. statements like that where it does seem like he does feel like there is some kind of divine ordinance that uh we just will never be able to fully control
0: right well, I I mean I think that I I would say I'm not a determinist mm-hmm. uh or if if it's true, there's I can't operate that way. I think. It's but
1: you're a little deterministic, curious, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> is that the title? I don't know. That a bad title. That is a bad title.
0: Yeah. <laughs> no, probably not. Uh, it's funny when you, if you can write it like that.
1: Deterministic curious.
0: Yeah. No, if you can convey that that same inflection, you just can't. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Uh, anyway. Um uh, to me, determinism is the most boring thing ever. Like, okay, if everything is the way it is, why are we talking? Yeah. Uh, well, but it I mean, this is
1: this is the question though. I mean, it's I mean that's that's where I think every depressive goes, to. I think every depressive uh, eventually becomes a determinist. Right. <laughs> In I mean, some it's sense. my
0: thing is like I, I I detest nihilism. Yeah, I think it's the it it, it makes me so annoyed. It, well, I feel like it's it different
1: is, from the nihilism, right? It's, it's not a it's not a weariness of I guess humanity. I see
0: determinism as kind of a subset of
1: nihilism. See, I think it's more of a weariness with life, but I guess I could see yes, there's there's certainly nihilist nihilism in some depressives. Yeah, and pro- maybe all okay. I see what you're saying, but I guess I'm trying to say that it's a little bit different in that I feel like depression is just a, which depression that leads to suicide rather, Mm -hmm. is a, uh, which you could say any depression that is taken to its extreme will. um, It does feel like it's more of an issue with life itself than with Mm -hmm. humanity. But because we are humanity, maybe you
0: can't really ever separate them. So fair enough.
1: Yeah, I guess that's your right. point, maybe.
0: Um, but but back to the power thing. Yeah. Um, well, I yeah. guess I, what I'm wondering is what what is the basis? Where's the where's the scientific basis? And maybe I missed it in in suggesting that at the root of interaction is power. Because to me, if if I were to just punt. And this is not from Machiavelli, not from anybody. It's just my perception. And maybe I haven't thought deep enough about it, but my, my perception on interaction, not just between humans, but interaction among living things is sometimes power. It, it is sometimes uh, happiness, sometimes it's sexual gratification, which you know people write about what that's for. Um, and is procreation a form of exerting power? I don't know. You could call it that, but to me, there's sort of a range of driving factors.
1: I think it's just getting at the idea that, or at least for me, this is how I think about it, that life is inherently destructive. Mm-hmm. Is like, in it, it, however you get away from it, some sort of destruction is required for life to continue. Uh, you know, right. of some kind of breakdown... And some organism is going to get digested, on some level, right? Whether it's a plant or an animal or a fungus uh-huh.
0: or a bacteria or an archaea, there are things. Right. That, so, so this but is. But sometimes the, we do things like go to comedy shows or symphonies, and yes, yes, that doesn't, yes. That doesn't have to do with consuming anything. No, but again, it's if you if you're trying
1: to look at things on the most fundamental level, from the generation of motion, energy right. is required, and And so that's why it's, and we're, life is basically motion. And so by that measure, you're always going to require energy. So you're always going to require consuming other things from, you know, other beings. I think, I
0: think that's, it's, it's divorcing. I think that's stripping consciousness again. I would say life is not motion. I don't know what that means. I mean, I'm not saying (coughs) motion is part of life, but I wouldn't say that life and motion are equivalent what life is completely static? No, no. motion is part of life. So life and all the ingredients, motion's gonna be in there. But in the same way that eggs do not equal a cake, motion does not equal life. Well, this could be a chicken or the egg thing,
1: I guess, is what comes (laughs) first, motion or life.
0: Right, (laughs) You know what
1: I mean? uh yeah and we're getting we're getting way off i'm only just well maybe we're not i'm i guess i'm just trying to say um the reason i'm getting so philosophical i guess i guess because it's a philosophy podcast for god's sake i'm allowed to um but also uh i agree when you look at i mean i could give you examples so you okay in a comedy show uh Mm -hmm. let's think where's the power being exerted there? Well. You're paying money and requiring somebody to do something for you. i guess not requiring them. When you pay money, there's an expectation that something happens.
0: There's an expectation, but if they don't do it, you're not going to go kill them.
1: No, but you're going to be. Well, some people, some
0: crazy yeah, okay, people but might. <laughs> sure. <laughs> so, I mean, you know, like. But uh, that that isn't considered reasonable. You don't. You're, you're not. Considered I, agree their, their, I agree with that. I agree with that. Owner.
1: Yeah, 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 yeah. But you're talking about power, and I'm just telling you where the power
0: dynamic there could be seen. I'm not saying that there isn't a power dynamic at play. I'm saying that the reason you're doing, you're not going there to exert power over a comedian. You're not going like, I have a dollar, I'm going to make him tell a joke. You're going to experience something uh, that you desire to experience. So that you desire. You're seeking some kind of experience.
1: Yes. And by doing that, you're requiring something
0: from somebody else. I yeah, yeah yeah I I agree. I'm not saying that power dynamics are no, the is. I'm saying is. that the motive isn't power.
1: No, but it it is in a sense because you need something. You need to take something from somebody. You're taking something. And so I guess that's where the power is. It's
0: because you're you're exerting so you're going there to take something from somebody. That's why you go to the comedy. Yes, show. yes, as they're taking stuff from you. And the
1: hope is that it's an equivalent I mean that's that's where it's well. That's
0: that's the like anarcho-capitalism thing. Not that it's an equivalent, even that Mm -hmm. that there's gain on both sides. Sure, sure. But yeah. But at least you know both parties
1: are being uh, are not leaving. You know. But then
0: if it's an equivalent, it's essentially. a stalemate of of power. So you've gone to play a weird yeah. game of chess and tied.
1: Or no, but it does. That doesn't. Who cares? I mean, it just because it's a stalemate. Just because two negatives. I'm saying I don't make buy a that positive the doesn't mean that negatives don't exist. Um, what's that?
0: Sorry, what did you I'm say? I'm saying I don't buy that the reason that you're doing it is to exert power.
1: Yeah, I mean that's fine because I think it just depends on what your philosophical framing Right. Is. And I think that's why we see things differently here.
0: in the book, he does make a point that the way that he's describing human uh, sort of nature or interaction with respect to politics is not encompassing all of human activity and all of human nature. I'm starting here because I'm trying to get to politics to see if... Mm -hmm. So I don't buy it with the comedy show. I don't know that I don't buy it with politics. I don't know what the purpose of engaging in politics is.
1: Well, what is power to you, I guess? Maybe we should have started with that. Right. What is power? Just um, the ability to get people to do what you want? I don't know.
0: Is that it? Um, what is... Yes. Uh, I guess because there's like power in sort of more of a physics sense and there's power in... Yeah, an interaction sense, right. a consciousness sense. Right. But um, you
1: could say the one thing that ties the physics and this other sense is energy.
0: That's my yeah at right least belief, which is which is why I went to that first. Um, right. So power, maybe your your ability yeah to get your ability to get people to do what you want, I guess, is is kind of there's probably a more eloquent way of saying it, but it, probably something like that. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, So, and that's why in the comedy show example, you have power in your money and you're getting somebody to give you a show and they're, in doing the show, getting you to give them money.
0: I think maybe on their side, yes. I don't think you're going there with money like, I'm going to try and get this person to do a show. The show's already set.
1: But, yes, but the idea is if you want to participate and see the show, you need to have money. The difference
0: is if you ha- if you had- if they had a tip jar, you need to have power. You put a dollar in, <laughs> and you were like, "If if I put a dollar in, you have to do this joke." That's different. But the the sh- the show doesn't. Your dollar that you put down to get a ticket to the show does nothing. It, get, you're not I, exerting power over the comedian.
1: You are. It's just getting canceled out. It's a theatrical power, I guess you could say. But it is a power, nonetheless. That's the because point. The, but if it didn't get canceled change. out, but if well. It would if you paid less. But if you paid less, you
0: just can't go in.
1: Right. So it would change. It wouldn't exist.
0: <laughs> Their show. Oh, I get it. If you're the only audience member. I or
1: get or if you didn't see it, it changed. It didn't exist. <laughs> that period oh, of time that would exist what? where the show happened is no longer that show. It's a different show. It's whatever. It could be the show of the back alley, but it's a different show. <laughs> right. Okay. I'm sorry. I, you probably hate this argument. I don't uh, hate it. I don't hate it. I'm just. Uh, I might listen back to this and be like, okay, I completely disagree with with what I'm saying too. This will be interesting to listen back to. I mean,
0: maybe, maybe you don't. I, I do
1: think I'm being a little bit frustrating, so I <laughs> wouldn't it be. Uh, I am.
0: No, I am. I think oh, okay, I'm okay. being frustrating. I don't think so. No. But uh, so with but with but with politics then, mm. so that what we're talking about about this situation where the reason you're going to the comedy show is because. You're trying to exercise control over the comedian with your dollar. <laughs> and they're trying to exercise control over you with their microphone to get sure. you to give them a dollar. <laughs> sure. And it's a wash. Uh, so what about with politics? What are you trying to do? Oh,
1: I mean, you're trying to get the ability to dictate the masses.
0: Is everybody trying to do that? Anybody that's trying to rule, yes. Anybody that's trying to engage in politics. I guess so so in a democratic system everybody's engaging in politics and so is everybody trying to control everybody else. Yes. I mean I think so but and then in a in a, a monarchy which he also
1: sort of talks about a, too is how right. you he talks about how you want to have opposing forces to cancel I mean he talks about this kind of thing about having different powers canceling each other out which is why you yeah. want to have different the best type of government is a mixed one because you have right. you have the nobility Combating the the yeah. the plebes, which are combating the king, you know, and everybody's yeah. hopefully going to basically balance out into a net zero or net yeah. gain, right? Um, mm-hmm. Yes, but it is. This is why I was saying in the comedy example, the power is being exerted. It's just in the ideal setting, it's being it. Both powers are canceling each other out, so everybody's happy and nobody's feeling like they're subservient. Which is why you could say power, in its essence, is not bad. Um, but maybe it is, well, some people (laughs) certainly, definitely some people say it's bad.
0: Well, Uh, it's silly. Yeah, I agree. I mean, those people, what, what, what do you have without power? Then you have no motion, right?
1: (laughs) Then Uh, you have rocks.
0: Yeah, exactly. You're just a rock. (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I mean, I don't think power is bad at all. What, what I think is where I feel like we're disagreeing. I'm actually agreeing with the text Mm -hmm. because I think that, or I think I'm agreeing with the text. I think that this is very true in the political sense. Uh, but then when, when he's careful to say this is not a statement about all human activity. I don't think that all activity is engaging in politics. And, you know, there's, there's, a, there's a common idea now that's popular, that the personal is political, that everything is political. I disagree. I do not think that all activity and all interaction is political, especially when we're talking about the, you know, the, the trying, the the desire to impose your will on others or impose your will on the masses. I think there are people who operate in that mode where they are always trying to do that. But I don't think all people interact that way. And I was just thinking about a monarchy system. So we're saying the, in a democratic system, everybody is kind of trying to impose their will on everybody else. We're sort of all battling each other at the polling booth. Um, in a monarchic system, there's actually most people aren't even engaging in politics. The mm-hmm. serfs are not trying to enact their will on the king or the lord or no, anything. No,
1: but they will. This is again what he's saying it's important to have well, the a will of the people. Right. That. If and and to the point of the sig- that the signio uh, the signori, the person to the duke of uh, of greece that of athens that came and took over florence you know he uh-huh. was basically saying like be careful because just know like you know if if you are right. overly uh tyrannical you will have a rebellion
0: right 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 yeah so then in that case they are engaging in yes uh, trying to impose because that's power. what that's I, what he's, i mean i mean in, the, right. in a system where they're not so let's say things are going along okay or whatever. There's a king and lords, and they're all kind of battling with each other. And then the serfs down at the bottom don't really give a shit. Um, yeah. And I they're probably not reading in the paper like, oh, did you hear what they did with taxes? Yeah, I mean, that's, that's what he like that. says. I mean,
1: or at least this is what Burnham purports in the beginning, too, of like how most people within the, in the non-ruling example are mm-hmm. sufi- are happy to just sort of live their lives... On their plots of land with mm-hmm. you know a, with a degree of liberty, and they 'll right. be okay. but as soon as you start to impose more and more constrictions that 's when you'll start to get uh, that group becoming political and you 'll start to right. select for I guess you could say the sleeping rulers that wouldn't have you know gone for it i mean people are talking about this kind of stuff now about, you know it's like like how like everything's so crazy and because cra- like honestly you could look at if we're looking at the u.s the late stage empire right whatever yeah, yeah. <laughs> but you know uh it feels like when there is rampant corruption that does seem to wake up certain people in you could say the plebes that then right. arouse to you know cause the new orders and I mean, you know, and another thing that uh, sort of principle that he discusses, um, that Machiavelli discusses is this idea that change is also a law. It's like, there is Mm -hmm. no government that will last forever and that it's constantly, you have sort of these cycles of good governments going into tyranny, Mm -hmm. which then build up into horrible tyrannies which then descend back into disorder, only to be built back up into great sort of uh, empires. And it's interesting because sure. you could almost look at like Germany, and 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 <laughs> is a great example of that. It's like Germany was just just killing things in terms of right. like science and 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 you know you could say civilization, and everything, and the Enlightenment and everything. And then, um, and and then they and then they sort of basically fall into tyranny right but i would say they're kind of building back up but i guess we'll see but you know um
0: yeah yeah so it's difficult i think it's difficult with modern examples because nothing in the western world has has fallen to that degree because it's all still propped up by all the other states around yeah dresden
1: was bombed pretty bad though you know what i mean
0: Right 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 but but Germany never fell in 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 the way that I think Machiavelli's describing I don't know it
1: was partitioned into two by Russia and Germany you know what I mean it's like by well uh, by pfft, Russian America I'm sorry right 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 <laughs> well sort of Russia and Germany but you know cuz the west Germany was technically right right, right. but it, right. It,
0: uh, it, what I'm saying is it's kind of like Iraq it's it's a similar thing uh they they were they were beaten in a war and they were decimated. So it wasn't even that they crumpled, they crumbled internally. It wasn't that the system got so um, Well no, but you would argue tyrannical that-, that the people of Germany rose up. That didn't happen mm-hmm. at all.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Yes, the, the well, other states around it destroyed it and then no. cradled it. Who hung Saddam?
1: Who hung Saddam? What? Who hung Saddam?
0: Oh, 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 you mean, you mean that the, the, the Iraqi people did? Yes. Who hung or, or Gaddafi? Or the, their government or something. Who hung Gaddafi?
1: Or, you know, killed Gaddafi, rather.
0: It's, it's always uh, the people. Well, who did that was a militant <laughs> group that the U.S. was funding, I believe. Sure, but you know what I mean. Yeah,
1: and you could argue, <laughs> sure. Yes, and fair enough. And maybe, like, I'm not even going to disagree on this level, right? <laughs> but uh, obviously yeah. there are other power sections, but in in at least the overt uh, you know, setting, it was the Iraqi people that sort of took Saddam well, out.
0: What I'm saying is that there's confounding variables. I'm yes. saying that the Machiavelli yes. situation that he's describing is this kind of neat cycle. And I'm oh, saying absolutely. that we don't see that very often because yes. all of our examples aren't really neat cycles because there's all these external variables changing everything.
1: No, I think the better sort of, you could say, and uh, sorry to go binary again, but the idea of just that, Everything's a sine wave, I guess. Everything's a wave. And you're going to have peaks and troughs in everything. And civilizations is no different. That's really how I look at it. So you can look at it in these like complicated ways. Or you can just look at it as you're going to have a certain civilization that's going to have a peak. And then inevitably it's going to have a crest. And then inevitably it will start to rise again. Maybe it won't hit that maximum peak. But it will rise again. And then it will probably fall. You know, It's just like everything. So... That, which is probably why it's complicated because it's like, yeah, maybe Iraq hasn't risen to whatever peak that it will. But who's to say that in 100 years it won't? And certainly, you know, 3,000 years ago, 4,000 years ago, you know, I mean, ancient right. Sumer, right? They were, the, they were the peak. They were the Rome. Right. Um, right. So, so, yeah. It depends on the, the time the scale. The question,
0: are, we, are they going to be the Rome again? Is this well, the it's, it's the
1: time scale is the question. And that's I guess my point is it just depends on what time scale you're looking at it as but I think But not this, everything
0: I, has a long enough time scale to have multiple No.
1: Well, yes. Peaks well, I mean it depends. I mean this is why math is so difficult and why finding max peaks is so difficult because it's like right. there are a lot of local peaks
0: right, in, right, in, yeah, in you any can zoom in it's right uh-huh. fractal or whatever.
1: Yes. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I don't know i don't know so what do you think i mean we can close it up but like what do you think of uh, machiavelli then so you don't like james burnham but what'd you think of
0: his? i don't hate him either i just don't yeah. think i would get along
1: no yeah and no and i completely agree with you on the dryness of the writing i mean i felt like actually reading it the second time it was easier but i remember the first yeah. time i read this i was just like goodness <laughs> like, this <My> is just <laughs> my ridiculous goodness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. my yeah.
0: goodness Burnham, uh, what were you doing? You I mean, Machiavelli's it. cool. Um, yeah. <laughs> he's, very, he's very hard for me to understand. Maybe that should be the so title. It, it's like it's fun, you know, cool. that they teach him with Rothbard at Columbia. I mean, that's sort of funny. But uh, mm-hmm. I don't think I get him enough.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, uh, The funny thing is, though, as we're reading all these things, you know, I always bring up that, that Ayn Rand thing. Uh, it was a joke, obviously, that Machiavelli stole it from Ayn Rand. But I feel like what I'm noticing is that this, this same kind of dualistic lion fox or some kind of version of that, you know, like uh, Nietzsche had it with uh, noble people and Jews. and uh, <laughs> It wasn't Jews, but yeah. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Jesus. Right, and Ayn Rand has it with Attila's and uh, witch doctors and this whole thing. And uh, I, I don't know. It, it, I feel like it's this, this same dichotomy of rulers of various sorts that seems to pop up all the time. So do you have an
1: issue with that, or what's, you're just noticing No, it? I mean, I agree my, my
0: issue is why is it always two? Well, could there be a significance of that? <laughs> right. Peaks, valleys, everything's yeah. in two.
1: Cosine so- and sine, man, but then you get the tangent. What the hell? Right, right. Right. <laughs> Um <laughs> but the cosine yeah, but the really tangent's really is, not a nice graph. Right, and the cosine and the sine's basically just the like same. Like what are you going to do with that
0: stupid graph? Nothing. It's true.
1: It's true. Can't even <laughs> continuous it continue it. Right. Um Yeah, uh um Yeah, I so I don't know. I mean I yeah. I, I agree, though. I've noticed that trend as well, I guess, <laughs> of, of two types. I mean, but again, I think it's just because – I think it's probably just because this is how our brains work, you know? Right. It's just like we probably have one neuron that <laughs> is connected, connects a bunch of concepts, and then you get another neur- – I don't know. Anyway, what am I talking about? Let's get off of that. What am I
0: I mean, I'm, what, what I'm interested in is – I mean when I was in grad school, they talked about this a lot, too – about sort of rebelling against the, the dualisms of classic philosophy. Yeah. Uh, specifically, they were talking about, you know, Cartesian dualism, mind and body. Right. But, but generally, dualisms of, you know, like, in music, loud and soft. I mean, everything's, everything, we like to put everything in, in dualisms. You, know, you can talk about spectra instead, and there's the whole idea of fuzzy math. That literally everything is a spectrum, and there's no such thing as a true mathematical fact. We're just getting increasing probabilities. And
1: right. Like well, that. and it's like you get a spectrum out of a dualist. Right. Exactly. Thing it's in the sense.
0: Right. You're still there. You're mm-hmm. stuck. Right. You have a range. <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, and two you have two extremes. Um, yeah. Because I think it always comes back to two for me, because of the consciousness unconsciousness thing, which mm-hmm. is maybe that's why they always get back to it too. Because I obviously feel like everybody's really talking about, a lot of people talk about consciousness without directly talking about it, I think because it is a scary thing to talk about because it requires you to think about yourself and nobody likes to do that because right. then you start to realize, <laughs> you know, you look into the void, right? Right. Um, yeah,
0: but then this to me sounds like God, not God, you know? Like
1: yeah, but that's, that's my point. Sin,
0: sin versus God. Right. Like it's all the same. And then I start to think, is this, is this either some deep truth That we're all catching into, or is it we're just kind of like boring and stuck in our, we can't get out of our own way of thinking? I think it's probably. Or both. Probably both. Yeah.
1: (laughs) 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 Por que no los dos? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Right.
0: Um, All right. Well, I think that was good, though. Yeah. I kind of want to read Machiavelli now. That's the other thing about oh, yeah. this is like I need to read more. Yeah, the Prince. I tried to read the Prince a couple times. Oh, you did. It's oh. a little like hard for me to get into.
1: Oh, really? I thought it was actually very readable. Yeah. Maybe you'd have a bad edition. I, should, I got the Maybe. Penguin. I have the Penguin Classics. Nice. No, no big deal. Um, <laughs> all right, I got to think about what's the best one to do next because we need to do the Pareto one. That's. But I'm wondering if we end with that one, or okay. if it's better to I mean, end. I
0: like I like the the title "A Note on Myth and Violence."
1: Oh yeah, we could do that.
0: I don't know if it's a good. Let's see. It's not very. Long. I
1: think I think the Moscow one might be better though, just because it's nice. the theory of the ruling Most, class.
0: Yeah, yeah, sure.
1: Um, let me see though. Yeah. Oh, okay. and actually, the Iron Law of. Actually, I almost think Michael's might be what we should read because it's really the Iron Law of Oligarchy that I kind okay. of wanted to. Is the reason I wanted to read this because I kind of want to know what your opinion How is on long that. Is this one? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> yeah. No, it's okay. I think it's, not it's, too bad. Like it's like 30, 40 pages. Last one was like 60.
0: I'm sorry. Yeah. It's okay. I was like going through it. I was like, I know. "Damn,
1: I know." Sorry. Uh, yeah, because this it's one like looks
0: like it's only like thirty-five pages.
1: We were gonna fine. do the Dante one, and then I and then I did the. I called the audible. <laughs> I'm so sorry. And I called no, it without sorry. looking at the at the length. I, as it's I was right. reading it, I was also like, "Oh, Anthony's probably uh, cursing my name." <laughs> <Damn>. uh, <laughs> yeah, I ripped uh, my shirt. Yeah. Oh man, I said your name. I have to bleep that. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know It doesn't matter uh, Actually it's, it's late This late in the episode I have to bleep uh, Yeah I have to bleep a lot In this actually uh, Me though Me oh. I've been I've been unhinged This episode <laughs> 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 I don't know yeah. um, Cool okay So we'll do right, so uh, Mosca so Mosca Oh wait, wait, wait. Or no sorry <laughs> uh, uh, What's his name Michaels
0: Yeah
1: cool, Part cool. 5 the Limits of Democracy. My goodness. My goodness.
0: It makes right. me want to read uh, Democracy, The God That Failed. Who's that by? Uh, Hans Hermann Hoppe.
1: Ah, yeah. Okay. I've heard of Hoppe.
0: I haven't ever yeah. read any Hoppe. It's pretty good. Yeah. He also has, what is it, what does he call it? A, a Brief History of Mankind or something like that? Maybe that's how I've heard of him. I mean, that's quite a quite a project yeah also it's funny to call it a brief hit like yeah, just well <laughs> i'm I just mean, gonna give you a little history of all humans everybody. yeah well
1: it's funny because one of my favorite books i actually thought about whether it would be good to read it for this but i don't think it would be because it's more of a it's just kind of an encyclopedia is bill bryson's a history of nearly everything the title mm, that's funny. made me think of that though because it's like yeah it's like A history of nearly everything, but, you know, of course, what does that mean? Um, Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Do you ever read any Bill Bryson? Mm -mm, I don't Mm. know who that is. Yeah, yeah. Um, Yeah, he's just a good good author, but that book was good. Um,
0: Oh, yeah, how's how's gig? Any fun gig updates? Uh, Fun gig? I mean, I had good gigs this week. Oh, actually, yeah. Uh. I was playing at, at this place after we got off the phone. On, a, was it Friday? Yeah, Saturday. Saturday I mean, yeah, right. Yeah. Uh, and so it was this place. They just put up a new stage with like a mesh canopy over their courtyard. Hmm. And uh, for some reason, they hooked up one of the corners to a live, uh, like, light cable, power cable. And so while we were playing, it started sparking. I thought somebody was shooting off fireworks next to us. I looked over, and it's just, like, these huge sparks. Wow. And I thought that the mesh was going to catch fire. Wow. And, like, this fire mm-hmm. canopy was going to come down Wow, but nothing happened? Uh, I, was- uh, well, so what happened was it, the sparks actually burned through the metal hook on it. Wow. And it did fall, but wow. it wasn't on fire. So.
1: Yeah, but still, that's crazy. could have hit somebody, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wow. It, so- was, it was wild. And then we had to cancel the rest of the show. But-
1: wow. So how long did you play for?
0: Uh, we did, we'd done one set, so we'd played for like an hour 15. Okay. Oh, how was that, uh, uh,
1: this was a few episodes ago, but it was mm-hmm. a gig at the Armadillo place. Oh, Armadillo Den, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, how was that? It was really good. Cool. Did you figure out if that was the Armadillo head, World Headquarters, if it used to be that? Oh, no, I didn't. Okay, that, that's what I think it was called, is, yeah, it was okay. a famous venue in Austin. Nice. Okay.
0: Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll I'll look it up. It probably says on like Wikipedia or
1: something. Yeah. Cool. Well, I think I hear your kid in the background, so maybe I'll let yeah. you go. <laughs> maybe I'll let you go. <laughs> Parent. <Yeah>. All, right, <laughs> all right, right. All right. All right. All right. Good talking. Do Goodbye. So,